Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do.
Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show, where I welcome Myra Schrober. And Myra is a labor economist and professor at Stanford University. She was the founding director of the Stanford Center for Research on Women and the first chair of the National Council for Research on Women. You can find more information on her new book, Money and Love and Intelligent Roadmaps for Life's Biggest Decisions at Money Love book.com. And today, Myra and I dive into money, love, and decision-making. And I feel like this is one of the more important shows that I've ever recorded. You know, I'm not sure exactly which episode this will be, but we're, we're approaching 400 episodes and there's lots of great things to think about when it comes to relationships. But decision-making is a huge part of our life. It's a huge part of our relationships, and we don't always do it the best. We do our best, but we haven't had an episode completely dedicated to decision-making, and that's exactly what Myra and I talk about today. And She's done a lot of research on decision-making and teaches a class at Stanford centered around decision-making when it comes to relationships, money, and family, and we break down a framework that she uses to make better decisions. I really, really think this is a valuable conversation. I know for myself personally, I want to try to implement these tools to make better decisions because really what is life but a series of decisions that we're making constantly. And if we can do that better, we're going to set ourselves up for a more happy, rich, and fulfilling life. So as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in, for leaving those reviews on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to this show. Hope you're having a beautiful day. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Myra. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. You're welcome. Hi. I'm excited to talk to you today about love, money, and decision-making, you know, three very big areas of most people's lives. And I thought we could start with decision-making. You've done a lot of research and teaching in this area. So why do you like focusing on this topic? And then we'll dive into your method of the five C's for decision-making. Well, I've been teaching at Stanford for more than 40 years. And I found that although students know a lot about the subject matter they study, they don't know much about the life that they're about to lead. (laughs) And of course, two of the biggest things in life are money and love. And so I started teaching a course on work and family. And the first thing that I want to say is that although the conventional wisdom is that you should make money decisions and career decisions with your head and love decisions with your heart and kind of don't mix them up, Um, that's not really very good advice. That in fact, um, money decisions often involve family and loved ones and um, family decisions, love decisions uh, often involve money. So when you make these big life decisions, you need to think about both the money and the love sides. Let's talk about your method for decision making. And then I'd love to just 
dive into the philosophy behind thinking with our head, thinking with our heart. There's a lot in there. So maybe we can start with the methodology that you like to teach. Why don't you share what the five C's of decision-making are? Well, one of the things that Daniel Kahneman talks about in his book is that people make decisions, especially big life decisions, too quickly. They don't spend enough time uh, thinking about what it is that they need to uh, decide. And so our 5Cs method is a surefire way of slowing down your decision-making process. Because in order to go through the 5Cs, uh, <laughs> it takes a while. And so that's a good thing because rarely do these uh, big life decisions have to be made overnight or by the afternoon or whatever. Um, and so you should slow down. And uh, the first uh, part of the five C's is clarify. So clarify what it is you want about whatever decision you're making. Uh, what you want, not what your family wants, not what your professor wants, not what your neighbors want, what it is you really want. And that takes a while to figure out, to uh, <laughs> to get at your heart and soul, not somebody else's. The second part of the five C's is communicate. So communicate your um, goals, your life values to whoever else is involved in this decision. So for instance, if it's a decision about who to marry or who to spend your life with, uh, you want to talk to your potential partner about uh, your values and life goals. And of course, you want to find out what their values and life goals are. And often people postpone these very heavy decisions in a new relationship. You know, they're afraid they might uh, touch something in the wrong way. And so they're quiet. And that's that's not a good decision. So you need to have uh, very uncomfortable conversations pretty early on so that you can decide whether to go on with this relationship. And of course, when people say communicate, they usually think about talking and talking is part of it, but really it's only half of it. And the other part is listening. So communicating and clarifying with another person is like a dance. You know, you communicate, you hear what they have to say, you might change your mind a bit, they might change their mind and so on and so forth. So those are the two first steps. And then you need to um, broaden your choices. So you may think that either you're going to uh, stay in San Francisco or move to Chicago, but maybe there are other possibilities that you haven't thought about yet. I've had students from other countries who realize that if they move back to uh, where their parents are, they can have a lot more childcare than they could have in either San Francisco or Chicago. And so if they broaden their choices a bit, um, they can have more of what they want. The fourth um, step is check in with others. So, you know, don't do much, don't too much checking in. You might be at this for the next five years, but, you know, find a couple of people that you really admire, whose decisions you admire, 
And don't ask them what they think you should do. Ask them what they've done. So, you know, how did you decide who you were going to marry? Well, how did you decide to live in um, New York? Uh, those are important uh, things. And finally, try to anticipate the consequences of your decision. The short-term consequences and also the long-term consequences. Because often the long-term consequences are different from the short-term consequences. You know, say you're going to move somewhere and you have a child in elementary school who's very unhappy about having to move. But it turns out that she might get a much better education where you're about to move. And so the long-term consequences would be much different from the short-term. So that's the five C's. <laughs> Beautiful. I love this. I'm scribbling lots of notes. I think it'd be great if we can go back through them and kind of go into detail, talk about the process. So I want to start with clarify. And you said, ask ourselves what it is that you want, right? What do we want for ourselves? Easier said than done. I know you're not saying it's easy, but this is a big one. So what are some other questions that someone can ask their themselves to really drill down on that. And it's something that's going to change too throughout life. But let's say it's a specific decision. Maybe you can give a specific example and uh, how someone can gain more clarity there. Rene Girard talks about something he calls mimetic desire, which is that our desires are often influenced by what other people tell us we should want. So for instance, uh, suppose you're living in an apartment somewhere and you're really happy, uh, but several of your friends now buy houses and you think, oh, well, I guess it's that time of life. I should be buying a house. Well, maybe you should, but maybe that isn't your path. Maybe you are saving money for something else um, and you don't want to be buying a house. So you need to sit down with yourself <laughs> in the first instance and then, you know, with other people that you're living with or that you might live with and talk about should you buy a house or should you stay in your apartment? Um, and, you know, you might want to think about that for the short term. Well, maybe I want a house in a couple of years, but right now the interest rates are getting higher and maybe I'm not going to do it right now. So. Um, <laughs> You know, the idea of sitting down with yourself, shutting your phone off, shutting off the TV, shutting off the podcast, maybe taking a walk by yourself and really asking what it is that I want. And we find that when I say we, it's my co-author, Abby um, Davison and I, we find that people often do better for these kinds of decisions getting outside. So taking a walk by yourself, maybe near a body of water, maybe <laughs> some day that's uh, quite beautiful, if you can find one, <laughs> um, that helps you to just get into what you want. Ask yourself, what are your values? Is this going to foster my values? That's such an important life skill to develop, you know, like any muscle, any habit, the more we do this, the, the better we'll get. But it is funny. I mean, I don't have to tell you this, but how little time 
we can put, I'm speaking for myself, to bigger decisions. You kind of just go through the motions of life and, or maybe not, maybe you think you're, you're very conscious, but really taking the time, like any practice to, to step away and, and go through these five C's to clarify. And, and as you mentioned, the, uh, pneumatic desires and how culture and other people in movies and books influence what we think we want. And really taking a step back, taking that walk to really get clear uh, when we're making in, in smaller decisions too. But I saw a, a quote on Instagram, but it, it really resonated, but something to the effect of who you choose for a partner, for a life partner, for a long-term relationship is one of the most important decisions you'll make in a life for lots of reasons. But just think about this is the person you're going to spend your life with the most time with out of any other person in the world in this life. And a lot of times we don't, we don't really sit down, write it out. So such a powerful practice and, and muscle to, to exercise? Well, it's been said that the most important career decision you're going to make is who you choose as your life partner. And just think about it. You know, that's, you see right there and then where money and love interact uh, over there. And sometimes it's easier to try to disentangle what other people want from what you want is, you know, you say, Okay, I want, I want X. Um, and then you say to yourself, why do I want X? Who, who told me to want X? When did I first start wanting X? Is that really what I want? Or did I get that from, you know, my next door neighbor, uh, Joe, when he used to live here? You know, and, and once you kind of get into how you got where you are, you can often disentangle your wishes from other people's. When it comes to love, you know, that's a whole Pandora's box of emotions and conditioning and everything. But one of the things that, that I've been trying to examine is the difference between, or maybe not the difference, but just thinking about like attraction and lust and desire and how that influences our decisions. Because it's like, hey, we're with this person. Different people will have different levels of importance for physical uh, attraction, but it's definitely a thing. We don't want to minimize that. But sometimes that can maybe hold a disproportionate importance. And suddenly we start overlooking other things like their values because we're insanely attracted to them. And that can skew our decision making. So we certainly don't want to throw out that kind of attraction. I mean, if you're going to spend the rest of your life with someone, uh, it's good if you start off with a pretty strong physical, whatever you want to call it, love uh, attraction. Um, and we all know that that doesn't last for 50 years or maybe even 30. Um, but that's a good place to start because that gives you uh, both, uh, you know, a sense of wanting to cooperate and wanting to please the other person. And, and that's all helpful for joint decision-making. But, you know, that only goes so far. And, you know, I, I had one student who told me that uh, she was engaged to a guy whose family wanted her to sign a prenup. And she ultimately decided to break the engagement 
And she said, you know, if he doesn't want to share his money with me, I don't want to share my life with him. And, you know, some people think that and never say it, but she said it out loud. And I think that that's a good example of the fact that love is not everything when you decide to get married. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero. .co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing and they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 0 grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie, their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. 
But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab-and-go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code IDO at checkout. That's IDO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. And that's an example of very rational thinking in a sense. And, and maybe we can get to this now or as it comes up later, but that difference between the, the head and the heart, you know, maybe the heart is just like, Oh, I love this guy. And, and the head is like, well, okay. The numbers don't make sense, you know, and, and they're linked too. It's, it's like head and heart with that example. How do you think about that in, in these decisions of dealing with the, the pull of the heart? versus the, the rationality maybe of the head? Well, first of all, again, you want to slow down. Uh, <laughs> you know, extraordinary physical attraction, lust, whatever you want to call it, usually uh, runs its course over a couple of years. <laughs> so, you know, if you're still feeling very positive and excited about this person, after two years or so, I think you can assume that it's deeper than just physical attraction or lust. Um, and then you want to use that time where you're both so excited about each other to make tough decisions and talk about uncomfortable subjects. Do you want to have children? Um, are you open to the idea? Are you absolutely closed? And I think you need to believe what your potential partner tells you. I mean, if somebody tells you they don't want to have children and you do want to have children, it's not a good idea to say to yourself, well, you know, she'll change her mind. She'll see, you know, once we're together, how important this is. Well, maybe she will. Um, but if she does, it's not about you. It's about her. And so you can save yourself a lot of heartache by believing what she says and kind of moving on. That leads us into the next C of, of communication. And that's such a great point. And we've said it on the show before, but you have to love your partner for where they're at and who they are, not where you want them to be. And that example of communicating, having those tough conversations, the second C for your decisions. And if your partner says they don't want kids, like you said, believe them and don't hold on to the hope or, oh, they'll change. Or if I just love them enough, it's like, then you really got to check in with yourself and say, okay, they don't want kids. Am I okay with that or not? Right. And that's why I say communication and clarifying is a dance. Because if your partner says, no, I don't want children, and you really want children, then you have to go back and clarify. Well, okay, I want children, but would I be all right? Would I be satisfied to be in a relationship knowing that I'm not going to have children? And so you have to take another long walk with yourself, <laughs> maybe several. And, you know, you also might change your mind over time. Uh, you know, the first time you think about this, you say, yeah, that's it, okay. And then three weeks later, you say, you know, that really doesn't feel right to me. This is why you have to take time with these decisions and, um, you know, keep keep talking to yourself. Keep keep seeing how all this feels. And then, you know, 
talk to some people whom you admire who've never had children and ask them um, what that's like for them. And have they made peace with it? Um, how did they make peace with it? Maybe they didn't have to make peace with it. Maybe that's what they wanted all along. But kind of check in. And then, you know, broaden your choices. So if you're not going to have children, there are still lots of ways to be involved with young people um, uh, by being a wonderful aunt or uncle or a wonderful neighbor. Or you can make you can make relationships, create relationships with young children if their parents are willing uh, without yourself being the parent. Broadening choices is such an interesting one because I feel like just in my own decisions, sometimes you can get stuck in like what the ego wants or or just not even know that there's another possibility or, or realize until you really take the time to think about it. And it's such a valuable hack to be able to go, okay, this is what I think I want, but I'm okay being flexible here. What are some other options? How do you think about this step of, of broadening choices and how have you seen it in action? You gave some examples about moving earlier. Well, often broadening choices is connected to checking in with other people. Because for instance, back to having children, if you check in with other people who haven't had children and see what they've done in their life, that gives you some idea of where you could go. And going to a different topic you know, suppose you and your partner are of different religions and one of you is kind of indifferent about it and the other one really wants to bring up children in that religion. Well, how do you feel about that? Are you neutral enough to say, okay, it's fine if my partner brings up children in that religion? Um, does your partner expect that you're going to convert to that religion? Well, that's a whole other <laughs> story. Um, but all of these issues need to be discussed, you know, in the first few months of a relationship. Otherwise, uh, they kind of fester in the background, never get discussed and come up and hit you in the head, uh, when you don't really want them to. <laughs> and you use the, the metaphor of a dance. And that's what I'm kind of sensing with these five C's is, yeah, it's important. Maybe start with getting clarity, um, as that first step. But then we, we're keeping the communication open. We're checking in with others. We're, we're, we're looking at the, the other choices there might be. We're going to talk about the consequences, but, but that we're ebbing and flowing with these decisions, whether it's internally and, you know, let's say we're single, we're making a, a money decision. Um, or if, if we're in a partnership and, and we're, communicating and then we're checking in again and then we're we're going back to clarifying and, and just going with that dance. That's right. That's right. And um you know I don't I don't know of any dances that last, you know, just a couple of hours. <laughs> they go <laughs> on and on. And really you can think about the rest of your life as a dance in this way because you're gonna keep having to make these decisions with your partner. And that's another point. Uh you might want to take note in the back of your head, how easy is it for me to communicate with this partner? Is it always like pulling teeth? Is it a pleasant experience? Do we get better and better at it? Um, 
What's it going to be like to be in a long-term relationship with this person? When it comes to checking in with others, are there any sort of things that we should really be aware of? Because obviously we want to make sure we respect that person and value their opinion. But other people have their own agendas and biases. So how can we frame our checking in in, in the best way possible? So I think this really comes into play when you're dealing um, with your parents or your grandparents about uh, decisions for them. Um, you know, you think that your father really shouldn't be driving anymore. Um, and uh, you think that your father should be moving to some kind of retirement community. So when you go to have a conversation with your father about all of this, first of all, it's good if you're gentle and uh, give grace. And after all, it really is his decision and you're, you're the advisor. Uh, make sure he wants you to be the advisor. <laughs> and um, try to distinguish between what you want for him and what he wants for himself. And again, it's a dance. So he may be influenced over time by what you want for him. Um, and you may be influenced by what he says he wants for himself. Because maybe there are some things about his life that you haven't realized. No, he doesn't want to go to a senior community because he really likes living on his street. And there are I don't know, I'm making this up, you know, young children on the street that he really enjoys interacting with. And he'd have to give that up. And he's not ready to give that up. So is separating out whether you're giving advice or asking for advice, what that person's agenda may be and what your agenda is, is very important. Let's talk a little bit about consequences and anticipating them in the short and long term. So how can we frame this question for ourselves? Well, you know, let's take the, let's take the decision to move. Um, you know, all of these decisions are reversible, except having children. That one is not reversible. <laughs> um, but you know, if, if the partnership doesn't work, you can think about divorce. Um, if you've moved somewhere that you don't want to live, you can consider moving back or somewhere else. If you've changed your career, you can make some other decision. So, you know, try to anticipate what the consequences are and also what the fallback is, you know? So, all right. Ideally, you want to think about moving uh, to, let's say you're older, you want to move to where your grandchildren live, your children and your grandchildren. Okay. Well, <laughs> it would be good if you could have a trial move there. So maybe move for a month, rent a place near them, see what it's like to live there. See what it's like to be in more or less constant contact with your kids and grandkids. Maybe it's wonderful. Maybe it's not at all what you imagined. And so you haven't lost much except one month's rent <laughs> in an apartment somewhere. Um, as opposed to just saying, oh, I'm moving. 
I'm selling my house. I'm taking my furniture onto a truck. And I, I mean, then to reverse that is a big and expensive deal. So try to try to move slowly on that one too. And, you know, when I ask my students um, how they would like to help their parents when their parents are older and can't live in their own house, they're all very um, kind and they say, oh, I'll ask my mom to move in with us. Of course, they haven't asked their spouse about this yet, but (laughs) they don't have a spouse yet. (laughs) But the research shows that most seniors don't want to live with their children. So even though children might say, you know, I'd like to offer you my home, um, you need to take your parents' views into account. And you know, there are a lot of problems with having your parents live with you. Um, one of which is you don't know how long that's going to be for. And you don't know the extent to which they're going to decline. Um, or if they're going to decline. And so uh, all those decisions are very, very complex. And I would say before you offer having your parent live with you, talk to some people who did that, see what their experience was like. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy. No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month, and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 
per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. What role do you see fear playing in the decision-making process? Because I'm picturing someone, and we've all been there, I can speak for myself, that we're afraid of the consequences of our decision. And sometimes that can lead to poor decisions or indecision. And obviously that's a huge factor. So what have you found in in the research and in your teaching uh, as a, a way to not conquer your fear, but, but deal with it. So we don't have a timetable for going through this 5C framework. Uh, and some decisions are going to require uh, more time than others. So for instance, if you have a job offer and you have to decide whether to move to another city, uh, you know, you can't take six months generally to make that decision because they're not going to hold that job for you. They might, but it's not, it'd be unusual. Usually, you know, that would be a couple of weeks, maybe a month decision. Um, other decisions like, um, when to have a child that could last a few years. But if you find that you're endlessly analyzing whatever decision you're making, um, you need to ask yourself, am I doing all this analysis because I'm afraid to make this decision? You know, is my, is my indecision a decision? <laughs> and why is this taking me so long? What is it that I'm afraid of? And that's where we get to consequences. What do I think might happen if I make this decision? Um, and, you know, some people say everybody is nervous before they get married. And to some degree, I think that's true. Uh, but I've been through two marriages. The first one didn't work so well. Second worked very well. And I can tell you, I was a lot ner more nervous for the first than the second. Um, so, of course, I was older also. But, you know, if you're really nervous about getting married, maybe something is not quite right there. And maybe you need to figure that out. Uh, maybe you need to do couples therapy before you get married. Maybe you need to see a counselor by yourself. So if, you know, with with this framework, we're certainly not saying don't pay attention to your gut. Pay attention to your gut. If you're nervous, what is that telling you? Um, what are you afraid of? Why? Um, 
but don't just pay attention to your gut. So that that's that's the moral. <laughs> well, you led me right into my next question. How do you think about and how do you teach listening to our intuition, our gut feeling? It's so interesting. There's so much just in there in the gut feeling that there's neurons in our gut that are giving us these feelings. It's it's our brain. It's our deeper knowing sometimes. And that can be powerful when we're tapped into it. How, how do you think about uh, intuition and gut feelings in the decision-making process? Well, I wish every parent would teach their children to pay attention to their gut. I wish every teacher would <laughs> teach children to pay attention. So, um, you know, it's not that you want to be ruled by nervousness or fear, but you do want to acknowledge it for yourself and say that, uh, you know, th this is tough. And I think today parents spend so much time, you know, getting their kids ready for college and getting their extracurricular activities on the resume and so on. And what gets short shrift is how are you feeling about things? Do you need a little break here to check in with yourself? <laughs> Do you? So kids are not taught that today. And I don't think they've been taught that in the past either. And so here we are as adults and, and we need to do that for ourselves. Give us time to check in with our gut and um, check in with how we're feeling and why are we so nervous about this? And what what are the consequences that we fear? And then, you know, grab a hold of that consequence and talk to yourself, talk to your partner and your friends. You know, I'm, a, I'm afraid of moving here because I'm afraid that I won't know anyone on my street or in my apartment house. or um, And so then your friend can say to you, well, you're good at meeting people. So even though you don't know anyone, it's likely that you will meet people. And here are some ways to meet new people. So then maybe you can get over your fear. of. <laughs> but if you don't figure out what your fear is, nobody can help you. I think tapping into your gut feelings, your intuition is such an important practice and combine that with this process of, of slowing down with the decisions. And I'm thinking, you know, in the clarify stage, that's when you're really, you're asking yourself what you want. And that's like a very rational thing where you can write down words and really rationally think about it and throughout the process, but then checking in and, and going, how does this feel in my body? You know, I, I think I want to be with this person. They're checking all the boxes, but I have this weird feeling in, in my belly and uh, uh, this nervousness, this fear, anxiety, and then going, okay, now walking through this process with that, asking why that's there, asking a part, you know, communicating it maybe with, with a therapist can be super valuable. But personally, I've tried to develop more of a pause to, to listen to my body, to listen to those feelings and, and then dive deeper through maybe more questioning, you know, the rational brain side of it and less the, the body gut side. And I think that in the ideal relationship, if you're communicating with the, your partner or the 
potential partner, um, if you can say to them, you know, when you say that you want to bring the kids up to be strictly in this religion, that makes me nervous. And it, it makes me feel a little like I'll be left out because I don't want to be um, heavily religious. And see what your partner says. What your partner says is very important here. If your partner says sort of, well, too bad for you, um, <laughs> that's one answer. The other one is, well, we'll have to acknowledge that. We'll have to make sure that you don't feel left out. We'll have to have lots of activities that don't involve religion so that you don't feel left. I mean, you can tell whether this is going to work or not if you pay attention. Are you familiar with the the Japanese practice of the five whys? No. A friend of mine uh, just shared this a little over a week ago, but seems relevant here. I haven't really researched it too much. He explained it to me, but it's the the process of asking ourselves why five times. And I'm I'm curious to dive into it more, but just that simple practice of of taking that pause when it comes to these decisions and and maybe it's during the the clarify step of what do I want? I want this. And then asking yourself, why do I want this? And going, okay, well, because my friends are doing it. Well, why? And, And doing that and basically, it allows us, from what I understand, to go deeper, five layers deep. And that's such a important practice because of all the things we've talked about, the pneumatic desires, the, the cultural influence, the, what we think our parents want us. So if we, if we ask ourselves, you know, why five times, that could be a, a beautiful way to, to dig deeper. Well, I think this sounds really interesting. I know when I was growing up, I asked a lot of questions and uh, why, why, why? And finally, one of my parents or maybe one of my numerous answer uncles would say, because why is a crooked letter? Meaning (laughs) that's enough. Don't ask any more questions. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. let's just say that my relatives were not into asking all these deep questions. Yeah. And, but that's a perfect example of like someone that may be wanting to dive into that, but they, they were shut down in their childhood of like the parent says, because that's the way it is. I pulled this up of, of what my friend sent, but, but an example of the five whys in practice would be, there's a problem that the vehicle will not start. So you ask yourself why, okay, the battery is dead. And go, hmm, maybe that's not it. Second why, the alternator is not functioning. Third why, the alternator belt has broken. Fourth why, the alternator belt was well beyond its useful service life and not replaced. Fifth why, the vehicle was not maintained according to the recommended service schedule. And maybe that's the root cause, right? So we went from our first response of the vehicle won't start, oh, the battery's dead. Uh, no, let's go a little deeper. And then we figured it was the alternator that's broken a little bit deeper. Actually, yeah, it is broken, but it's because it wasn't replaced and it wasn't replaced because it wasn't on the recommended service schedule. Obviously, this is a very practical example of, but we could do that with our own personal life to, to just get deeper 
to the root cause of the problem or the issue. And emotionally, we are complex creatures. And a lot of times the root cause goes back to childhood. So it can be valuable to, to really take the time and, and dive into this line of questioning. This is by and large, not what Americans are taught to do. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. We just want, we want fast and easy more than ever. And a lot of times that first why is not the root cause. And then if you're not addressing the root cause of, you know, you're just, you want to move across the country because that's what your friends did. But actually, it's much deeper than that. You're going to be making kind of decisions for the wrong reasons. Right. Well, one of the things that we hope the five C's will do is give you confidence in your decisions. Because, um, you know, life, is full of surprises. Um, you know, there's an old Yiddish saying that says, uh, man plans and God laughs. And uh, you never know what's going to happen. So you may make the best decision possible. And it turns out not to be uh, satisfactory because of something totally beyond your control. And we all need to recognize that this happens perhaps with more frequency than we would like. But to be confident in your decision-making doesn't mean that you necessarily made the right decision. It means you made the best decision that you were capable of making. And that gives you some confidence because, you know, what, what, what can we do beside our best? If we've done our best, we can relax and um, take another walk. <laughs> yes. Well, Myra, that is a beautiful place to wrap up this conversation, to remember that is go through this process. But in the end, we're going to make the best decision we can. And using these tools is certainly going to get us making better decisions. So thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing all of these great tools. I took a ton of notes. I can't wait to implement this 5C practice into my life. Uh, before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Tell our listeners about your new book and then we'll say goodbye. Yes. Our new book is called Money and Love, an intelligent roadmap for life's biggest decisions. And we have a website called uh, moneylovebook.com. You can take a little quiz on our website, see what kind of decision maker you are. And you can buy the book through the website or through your local bookseller or um, online through Amazon or other dealers. And um, we hope it helps you. We also have um, a course that we're developing, a text-based course, which you can get to from our website. So if you like that better than reading, there you are. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we will have those links in our show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. And Myra, thank you again for coming on the show and, and sharing this beautiful episode. You're welcome. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, and while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun 
easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.